The following story was told by Fallon, a writer and mental health advocate for Mental Health Connecticut's Write On program. The story is raw, personal, and may contain language not suitable for younger listeners. I'm Fallon, or perhaps Val, or even better. That one kid who was ostracized because guess what? She's mentally ill. Now, I'm here to tell you about that fine line between good and bad days for people with mental illness, myself specifically, and what some of us would like to have during those times. Because, you know, some of us can hardly get through it alone, let alone bear our burdens aloud like the other speakers. And if you cannot garner something from it, then what even was the point of any of us speaking here today? Would there really have been a change at all? I don't think so. Now, there are good days, and then I have the bad days. But who can say which side of that coin you're ever really talking to? It's funny, right? Because there's a real cultivated skill to have, to put on charades and masks, to fool people into thinking that everything is just perfectly fine. I can fake a smile and even mimic that wrinkle at the corner of each eye, all the basic mannerisms people can do. One of those true blue, monkey see, monkey do kind of games. It's easy once you learn. It's easy to fake true happiness. I'm no better than a dying parrot squawking of pretty lies. But, uh, you see, that cage is getting just a bit tighter each time I open my beak. There are good days and there are bad days. We all have them. Yet for me, that spectrum has become quite so blurred. For years on end, all I had ever known was the swing of a fist if I'd shown weakness, the clutch of fingers on my scalp, the feeling of being choked, locked away in a room for hours on end in darkness. But, well, where you learn weakness is a no-no. You learn that maybe you should just suck it up and grow a pair. It wasn't just my mother who was like this, no. Not just those weird people she'd include from time to time, but also those I tried to reach out to, and even people today I tried to reach out to. <laughs> They'd scream at me constantly, get over it! You think we have time for this? What are you complaining about now? And my personal favorite, what the fuck is wrong with you? Ah, good. This is exactly what I expected out of every single one of you. So instead of reacting like a normal human being, I get up, I do my daily necessities, and I do what's required, because what else should I be doing? If I break now, wouldn't it all be for naught? Yet even so, you know what takes priority? You. How am I? No, no, screw me, this is about you. You have issues, I go on the back burner. Let me make sure you are right, that you've eaten, that you've had a good day, that you've slept. Pretty ironic, even though I can't even choke down a measly sandwich, and people look at me weird that I say I have anorexia, or at least some subvert of it. I love it when they just ask me, but aren't you overweight? Newsflash, that doesn't mean that's what makes the problem. When you can't eat, when food has become like poison, when you taste bile on your tongue the moment you wake up, that is what makes the issue. Do some research, then come whine to me about my weight, about my inability to eat, about the breakdown I had the other day in the bathroom covered in vomit. Tell me who came to my rescue then. 
Not a goddamn soul. And certainly not some asinine person who thinks weight is what makes a psychological issue. There are those times, and maybe these are some of the worst, where those hours on the clock start to bleed into days. And I just love it when people come to me and say, well, why don't you sleep? Haven't you even tried to relax? <laughs> well, golly, no. I hadn't even thought of it, but thanks, I'll keep it in mind for next time. As if insomnia, those gangly limbs, those eyes and open jaws are things I can just ignore. Like these are some things that I can cower under my blanket like I'm five again and it'll magically disappear. Sure, I could for the fear the poltergeist would let me. As if it would let me not be afraid that something would wrench off the blanket and swallow me whole. Did I mention the auditory hallucinations? How great those can be? How if you scream, they'll scream back how that they can drown out the roar of an air conditioner. That's my favorite bit, right? The voices, so many fucking voices. What's even better is that sometimes you can have a back and forth tennis match with them, and that no matter what, they're aiming to pull you just enough rungs down that you'll be willing to commit some unspeakable act, that you'll end up in a pit somewhere where no one will find you. Or even worse yet, it won't be your body, but someone else's. And what about the music, all those instruments that no one else but I can hear? This isn't some elevator music, people. It's a full-blown orchestra that I'm hearing, chaotic and loud. It's a wonder my ears haven't been bleeding this entire time. You know what's stupid, though? I find solace in these things, because people do not provide it. And quite frankly, I'd rather hear a misanthropic symphony following me for days on end than some hollow taunting me to kill the very next person I come across. And that, my dear audience, is a piece of the puzzle known as psychosis. Eventually, it gets to a point where these cogs in that machine I'd worked so hard to tend to breaks. And God, I get so angry. Not at anyone, but at myself. And I let myself have it. I am in tears, and my body is folding in on itself as if I can protect myself from my own devices. But what is the use? I've held back for so long. Now's the time to let that damn break, right? I open my mouth to let out screams, but oh, I know better than to be loud, than to let anyone in the house be aware of what's currently going on. Scream I may, but there is no sound. My throat is on fire despite this. My eyes are burning with these incessant tears. I hate them so much, I cannot describe it. Worse still, I hate myself. I keep pulling at my face, pushing at my eyes. Just make it stop, make it stop, make all of it stop. I keep repeating nonsense out loud in a garbled mess. Apologies and prayers and neediness for forgiveness, but that door is kept closed. And my voice is hush, and I know no one can hear me beyond these four walls of my room. But I ask you, what God listens to my words and prayers? Where are my angels when all I ever see are demons? You know, there is that finite line between sane and insane you don't know you've crossed until you break apart alone. Always, always alone. And I remember I am on my own because I am the best goddamn actress there is. And all I hear now is my mother's voice screaming at me, you want a reason to cry, you little shit? I'll give you one. And she hits me over and over and over, and I feel the sting of her fucking wrists. You did this to yourself. You deserve this. 
Suck back the flashbacks, I tell myself in the depths. You're better than this. You don't deserve to treat yourself this way. Most of the time, that never works. I've done so much to prevent this that once it's begun, it just won't fucking stop. I start hitting things, I start hitting myself, clawing and beating, and before I know it, I have bruises. I have scratches. Why am I bleeding again? I'm so thirsty. Where's the alcohol? I need a shot, just one. It'll be enough to sleep the night, maybe a pill, that's all. Just one, maybe two. When things get to this point, I cannot see I'm crying so hard. I usually forget what happens, I get so upset. I only have small snippets of what I've done or what I'd said to anybody before promptly passing out thereafter. What, a lot of people ask me, do I need to prevent these breaks? A lot of times I just shake my head, shoot them a false smile, and tell them there is no need to be asking such frivolous questions because they've done enough by just being there already. This is my own burden to bear. They need not worry about me, as no one needs to worry about a glass of spilled milk. I only have two friends to my name and one living family member. Three whole bodies. Golly gee, is that enough? Their strength only gets me so far. If I were able to ask, I'd seek to, well, be held. That physical closeness I'd always needed in my life, but never really had. It goes a long way, I tell you, just to be reminded that you are there, that you will not let go until the tirade is over. If I were able to ask, I'd want you to tell me, ye little faith, Fallon, because I am not religious, but that mantra has plenty of meaning in its own right of hope and perseverance, of strength. I'd want you to remind me that this too shall come to pass, that everything happens for a reason, that you will not lose faith in me, that you will not leave my side, and that yes, despite even this, you love me. But for the love of God, don't you ever fucking tell me again, I'm sorry. Fallon's story was recorded in front of a live audience at CT Improv's theater in Hartford, Connecticut. Want to hear more young adults find their voice and speak their truth? Go to mhconn.org slash write on. That's W-R-I-T-E-O-N.